Shalom, friends. This is your friendly neighborhood podcast host, Jake Rubin. Welcome to MSU Hillel's The Weekly Kvetch. This podcast features news, interviews, and a whole lot of kvetching. So I'm excited for you to join me and my trusty producers, Sophie and Nate, as we dive deep into all things Jewish. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of The Weekly Kvetch. I remain your host, Jake Rubin, and alongside my producers, Sophie, Nate, and MSU Hillel, we are very excited to bring a very unique guest this week. Uh, with us, we are joined by Ariel Tidhar, who is an artist and designer. So thank you for joining us this week. Thank you for having me. Of course. Uh, before we get started, uh, we do have a quick word from our sponsors. So uh, let's hear it. Word from our sponsors. The Weekly Kafetch is sponsored by MSU Hillel, the place to be for more than 3,500 Jewish students at MSU. The Weekly Kafetch is also sponsored by the schmutz on your face. Go get a towel to wipe it off. Shalom Weekly Kvetch listeners, this is one of your executive producers, Nate Strauss here, and I wanted to drop in and let you know about a brand new podcast that we just launched called Humans of Hillel. Humans of Hillel is a weekly podcast where I sit down with a current Michigan State student and have an interview to talk all about what they're up to, what they're thinking about, and what they think the future holds. My conversations have been absolutely incredible, and I'm so excited for you to check it out. You can find Humans of Hillel in the weekly Kvetch podcast feed. Perfect. All right, and now we're going to move on to our next segment called Let's Give Them Something to Kvetch About. Kvetch. 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 So, uh, Sophie, what are we fetching about today? Well, the thing is, because of Miss Rona, um, MSU has decided decided to um, eliminate our spring break Mm. and disperse it between a couple days in like March and April as like mental health days. So people don't travel. But... I was asked the other day if I was going back to my humble abode in West Bloomfield by someone. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, um, for the first break, which is the week of this episode coming out. Yes. And, and I'm like, no, because why would I travel in when we're not supposed to travel for our non-existent spring break? that's a mental health day. I don't know. Confusing. Yeah. I'll, I, I've thought about these mental health days that this university has given us. And it seems to me that the powers that be, that there's this disconnect between what students think that they need and what the university thinks that we need. Uh, I think that these interspersed out days, like a random Tuesday off and a random, you know, Thursday off. I don't know if that's, of course, it's not as good as a spring break, but it's just like, where would we go? What would we do if we had this spring break? So it's kind of like, like who knows what the best decision is? And that's why I think it's just like, they kind of knew whatever they would decide would be the wrong thing to do because uh, people aren't going to get mad either way. There's a spring break. Oh, you know, we can't travel. It's your fault. Oh, there's not a spring break. Oh, you know, it's your fault. There's no spring break. So it's just like, it's a lose-lose for everybody. So it's just like, 
a poopy time of the year right now. And I know that for me at MSU Hillel as a professional staff, I do not get a spring break. Um, I could take vacation days if I want to, but I, I rely so heavily on spring break to catch up on paperwork, um, to like not have very many meetings. Um, and now I don't get that. And I'm not complaining, but I also am complaining. Um, <laughs> and it's tricky because during these mental health days, um, you know, I really want students to actually take a mental health break and not just use it as a time to get started on homework or a time to catch up on whatever, um, even though most will probably do some homework related thing um, because it's like a free day. Uh, and that's just, I think that says a lot about the semester and how important breaks are that even if you're given two days off, you feel the need to like still work through them that that's where you know I struggle with too that it's just it's hard to like I really just you know it's hard for me to kind of just take time off in general and so because like I'm always like I feel like I, I should be doing a million different things and so I think that if students like myself like Nate mentioned if we actually take these mental health days as actual mental health days and really not do anything and just watch our favorite tv show and just like you know order in food and like just really just relax then I think that it might be more beneficial than just really just working on homework because uh, professors aren't supposed to assign things over these days, I assume, but I can guarantee you that they will because it's just like, you know, if something's due the next day, you have to work on it. So mm -hmm. it's hard. It's, it's hard. It's and the it nature of things. It's the nature of things. It's the duality of uh, the professors and the, and the university. What I will say that I think is worth the fetch is that um, Michigan State students in particular are completely used to going, like starting at the beginning of the semester and then going strong and well, as strong as possible all the way through, <laughs> because whereas we fully understand the value of a spring break in normal yeah. years, um, we have absolutely no uh, no regard or no understanding of any kind of fall break. Um, and yeah. they try and then they are like, oh, it's only going to be two days. And it's like, well, that's not the same as spring break. And I think there's such an important kind of like mental, emotional, uh, actual like pause that you can take over a week. Um, two days are just sort of, you know, you wake up. So for those who are listening, like the mental health days are Tuesday, Wednesday. So like you're going to have a normal Monday. You're going to wake up on Tuesday and be like, wow, this is amazing. And then instead of Sunday scaries, everyone's going to have Wednesday scaries. Um, and they just had Sunday scaries. So like, what's happening here? I won't scaries. be having the Wednesday scaries. I don't have class on Thursdays. So um, that's all. That's a few. <laughs> yeah, I have more classes that are starting in March. So it's like by the rest of my coursework starts. So two more classes on my schedule now. So I'm very excited. But uh I think, do we have a moral of this uh, of In this conclusion, story? yeah. Mental health is important. Yeah. And two days could be enough for someone. It may not be enough for other people. Mm. Definitely not enough for me. I know I need a full week usually, but you know what? Miss Rona's here. Miss she, she is um, pretty out there, you know, mm -hmm. wear, just still wear your masks and get vaccinated if you can but like don't dress up as old ladies to skip the line uh but that's another story <laughs> and yeah 
Very well said. Well, so that was our weekly fetch. Not that was that's the name of the show. This is our uh, fetch of. Let's give them something to fetch about. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this portion. All right. So uh, for those of us who might not know who you are, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and kind of what you do? So I am a Brooklyn-based jewelry and accessories designer. That's kind of like, at least that's mostly what I tell people I am these days, (laughs) even though I fit like other kind of categories of titles. Um, And I have a namesake, modern, funky, colorful, often glittery Judaica brand. Mm -hmm. and that's kind of my main gig these days I I went to school for fashion design I never imagined I'd end up in jewelry Um, and I grew up in Chicago in an Israeli American family which has really influenced a lot of what the brand looks like today and that's the general gist of it Oh, well, very nice. So you talked a little bit about like your brand and kind of what you do. And so uh, uh, you've created this brand about like Jewish and Judaic themed jewelry and other wearables. How did you get inspired by like your Jewish roots? How did this kind of come about and instead of just doing like regular, not mm-hmm. regular, but just like boring non-Jewish. jewelry? Non-Jewish. Yeah, non-Jewish boring jewelry. Jew- <laughs> boring, jewelry. <laughs> boring. Yeah, you know, exactly. Um... <laughs> Um, well, when I was in school for fashion design around my sophomore year, I had this like, essentially a weird light bulb moment, even though at the time I like didn't know it was a light bulb moment, where I realized like, you know, the two like basically the two pillars of my life have always been like being Jewish and being creative. And like, I don't know what happened, but something came over me or I was like, Oh, these can now like exist together. They don't have to exist separately. And basically, like, ever since that moment, like, that's what it's been for me, whether it was, like, so, like, that design project that I did for my design class, um, I titled it, like, Rabbis at the Gym, and it was, like, (laughs) if, like, it was, like, kind of, like, athleisure wear, but, like, in the light of, like, funny, like, rabbi nuances, and, yeah, and then... Um, essentially I graduated without work and I always I feel bad I'm like telling this to college students right now but um, I graduated without work and I mean breaking into design like even if you go to a good design school is really hard and like entry-level design roles are like almost impossible to come by and for about a year I was going on like interviews for anything like not even fashion design related like I was going on interviews for like being a rug designer or like overseeing like the textile part of um, like a New York based factory, just like anyone that would give me an interview, I would take it because I was just, I was so desperate for work. And I was also doing like random textile, like freelance gigs for like hand knitting, which in school I did a lot of hand knit wear. Um, And then about a year after I graduated, I was, offered to do a solo gallery show of these pomegranates that I was making in this year post-grad just as like a means to be creative and like and not being like clothing um after graduating and so I was like okay you know what I'm gonna stop I'm gonna work for three months on this gallery show and when the gallery show goes up then I'm gonna start applying to jobs again um 
And I did that. And then the week after that gallery show went up, I got a call from someone that works not in like Jewish accessories, but accessories. Um, and they basically were like, oh, someone told me I should hire you. So like, I'm going to hire you. And I was like, yeah, like, duh, I'm coming. Like, no, <laughs> like, yeah, like anything, like I'm coming, I'm there. And then it wasn't full-time work. So um, about eight months after that, I ended up launching my own line, even though like a normal person would be like, oh, let me go get like a barista job or let me like bartend or let me like go look for other freelance work in fashion. But I'm not sure. I'm not sure why I made that decision. I was like, oh yeah, I'm just going to launch my own line. Like that's, that's what makes sense to me. And it's about like three years since then, which is kind of feels like a lifetime already, but yeah, that's the that's the story. <laughs> awesome. Well, and so uh, since then, three years is a long time. So I, I bet that you made a bunch of different like art pieces. Uh, I know that this pomegranate, uh, uh, the thing that you mentioned definitely means a lot to you, but do you have like a specific favorite piece that you've made throughout all your time making art? And why is it your favorite too? Everyone always asks that. I don't. It's hard. It's hard. Sorry. It's so, <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, everyone asks that. I no is that bad um I really I mean it's always like what I'm currently working on I would Mm -hmm. say like the current ish like right now I'm doing a lot of like heavily beaded pieces which is really exciting for me because it like it feels like full circle to some of the stuff I was doing like on clothing when I was in school favorite piece yeah I That's a really hard, I mean, like, it's so funny because, like, there's favorite pieces I like to make and then, like, what I, like, wear from the collection is always, I feel, like, different, especially now with, like, having to put a mask on every day. It's hard Mm -hmm. to put on, like, giant statement earrings with masks. Um, Yeah, I don't want, it's hard to pick favorites. Okay. I mean, I think that's a good that, enough answer for you. <laughs> no, I think, I think that is the right answer. It's like asking a parent to choose which one of their kids is their favorite. Like, like they're all pretty. Yeah. They're all, yeah. And at <laughs> this mean point, something. there's been like, at this point, there's been like hundreds wow. of styles probably. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, sorry to put you on the spot like that, but uh, to uh, hopefully lessen it, we have a very important question for you, probably the most important question you'll ever receive in your life. Uh, We have insider information now that you have a brand new dog named Kugel. So uh, how has life been with a Jewish dog? How is your new dog? Do you like Kugel? Uh, Like in general? Like like actual Kugel? Yeah, like actual Kugel. (laughs) Um, Wow. Okay. I have a new dog. Well, yeah, she's like relatively new. She's like been in my life eight months, maybe. Wow. Um, Kogel the dog is the best. The best <laughs> version. The best version of Kogel. Um, do I like actual Kogel? I mean, yeah, why not? Like, I'm Ashki. Is Kogel like the best food? I don't know. It's like, it's like it rains, but I don't know if it's like the best Jewish food. Like if I had to pick from all the Jewish foods, mm-hmm. um, I mean, Kugel just like fit into the brand. Like, I feel like she became the brand's mascot. I have customers that like send me messages just about Kugel. <laughs> um, yeah, she doesn't, I don't like, she doesn't know she's the brand mascot, but she's definitely the brand mascot. Okay. If only job. she liked accessories more, but <laughs> 
it's funny because like she's a pomeranian so i feel like she's like the type of dog that's supposed to be like in like cute little outfits and like mm-hmm. accessories but she doesn't have undercoat for some reason which like that's what makes pomeranians really <laughs> fluffy so like i can't actually even like clip anything into her hair or... so she's the understated accessory uh, mascot for the brand it's almost like she is an accessory herself I mean, essentially, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, so uh, about the brand, uh, what's next for the for the Ariel brand? Do you have any thoughts or plans for like any new items in the future? You said you were working on something right now. Do you have any like things off in the distance that you're kind of working? Insider yeah. information. Insider, <laughs> Insider information. information. Um, I mean, there's plans to release um, a new style of headband in the next like six months Mm. um insider information i mean we have a new collection coming out like in a week and a half but like all of that's based like not all of it but most of it's already been posted to instagram because that's how i work these days i'm i used to never show anything in advance and like until the launch and i'm just like whatever like here you can see it all it's like it's great because it gets people hyped but then people are like wait like I get messages like oh this isn't on the website like where is it sold out I'm like no it ha- it's like not released yet um yeah I'm like want to work on some fabric headbands um we have some headbands right now that are just all beaded headbands um I think what else I think that's like the one thing that is like really different that is coming yeah that's good that's insider information don't tell anybody actually do tell <laughs> tell, tell everybody, tell everybody. yeah so that way we can uh, more and more people can find your your pieces uh so a little bit more about your pieces specifically uh so we know that your dad is israeli right so uh how has israeli culture kind of influenced uh the pieces themselves and the, the work that you do so i feel like i was like born and I don't know my parents like looked at me like you're gonna love Israel you're gonna be a Zionist and like this is gonna be like ingrained in you and Mm -hmm. I feel like for a lot of people that could make them turn out the opposite um but I don't know something like I've being Israeli American is something I've always been like so insanely proud of and like I hold it so close to me and I to have, like, I mean, I think all Jews, to like, whether you have a connection like that to Israel or not, like, have a connection to Israel in some sort of way. But, like, when I think of Israel and, like, what's, like, special to me about Israel is so different than, like, what is special to, like, American Jews about Israel. Um, and, you know, I spent, like, a lot of my childhood going to Israel every year. I somehow ended up like in the birthright realm of things and staffing birthright trips. And like when I started staffing birthright, I didn't know why. Like I was just like, oh yeah, this is what I need to do. But like sharing just like Israel and like Israel education is so important. And I realized afterwards it's because I have this existing foundation and you know, I have this different connection and I'm no longer staffing birthright. But, um, like, the brand is a way, like, it's almost like this, like, bridge to Israel for some American Jews. Like, yeah, it's an American Judaica brand. It's made in New York. But 
like the colors and the essence and the textures are like so Israel. Um, and yeah, I also think like being the child of an immigrant, like the only reason why I know how to work as hard as I do to make this brand happen is because of seeing how hard my dad works. And wow, it's weird. I just said, dad, I, I don't even call him dad. My ABBA works. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's like really like, it's so funny because even if people don't recognize it for like the like the roots of it being like connected to Israel, like it through and through is a hundred percent. And wow. yeah. Uh, so uh, before we start to wrap up, uh, is there anything else that we as the listeners, uh, we as the people should know about you just kind of in your influences or in your art pieces or Anything in general that you can think of? I think just, you know, it's funny because I was saying to someone yesterday, you know, I don't feel like I actually work in fashion. I feel like I work in the Jewish community, which it's just funny how things turned out that way. But, you know, like, yes, it's a jewelry brand and it's whatever. It's a brand, but you know, so much of, like, what I created by accident has, like, brought this community, and, you know, I get group chat, uh, group chat screenshots sent to me by, like, like, these college girls that are, like, talking with their friends before the launch, and, like, oh, what do you want to get? I'm getting this, or, like, did you get what you want? And, like, or even reaching Jews in places in the U.S. that, like, don't have access to a Jewish community, even before COVID, even before, like, we've all kind of been ripped from our like in-person communities. Um, and yeah, I think like, yeah, it's a brand first, but it's also this like strange new modern community of like a way to be connected to your Jewishness. And, mm -hmm. you know, I really, for me, it was like, even though I'm like a quote unquote secular Jew, even though I grew up like in the like Jewish school system and stuff like that, like it was never a question of like, being Jewish or like celebrating being Jewish when not being Jewish in like the traditional observances mm -hmm. whereas I think a lot of American Jews really struggle with that and if like jewelry can be like a way for people to like initial connection to connect to their Jew Jewishness like amazing like yeah so I think that's really become a huge part of the brand that a really unexpected part of the brand but like probably one of the best parts. And then, so I think the last question I have for you is, do you have any advice for any upcoming artists, any upcoming, uh, you know, people that are kind of figuring out their Jewish identity and looking for kind of a way to channel it, kind of the, the way that you took your Israeli identity and put that into art? In like a business perspective? In a business or like sense, in a creative sense, if you have any just like words of advice, like, I don't know, like... A, yeah, uh, it's like college graduation, like life is an oyster or something. I don't know. <laughs> whatever, whatever you um, have. I think I think postgrad is a lot harder than I think when you're in the like trenches of like your senior year. I don't know if you can hear the New York sirens happening behind me. <laughs> um, but I don't think people prepare college students enough for like postgrad in terms 
Oh, you can definitely hear it now, right? <laughs> yeah. should, I wait? should I wait so you can cut it? It's a metaphor. <laughs> it's a metaphor. <laughs> um, that was bound to happen. Um, yeah, I don't think colleges like prepare you enough for post-grad it's like okay like there's all this build-up to like going to college and graduating college and then you're just kind of like hit smack in the face Mm -hmm. um but in terms of business and like creative business I think people really need to like do you want like understand like do you want to do this because you know we live in this weird time of like Gen Z and like nothing can just be like a hobby anymore. People like, like to like validate your hobbies. Everyone's turning their hobbies into businesses, which I don't think you need to do. Um, so I think first is like, you can be an artist and it can be like validating enough to be an artist without turning it into a business. So that's the first thing I'll say. And, but in terms of like Jewishness and artists, I mean, I would just do it. I think, like, the like the nice thing about art and being creative is, like, you know, like, as the years goes on, like, even when you're out of school, it's, like, all, you're always learning, and it's always, like, a development on your, like, skill sets and your style and, like, what you're capable of putting out. So, like, the sooner you just, like, throw yourself into it, like, the more successful your work will be like not not even in like a money sense just like work being successful and yeah awesome so now we're going to move on to the jake rant of the week so jake what are you going to be ranting about this week so obviously you can't see it because you're this is an auditory podcast not a visual podcast but behind me i have one two I have one in my lap, three. There's one next to me, on the big one on the floor, four. Uh, there are, actually, there's five on the bed. Uh, there is one under there. I see six. There's one over there, seven. I have at least nine different squishmallows in my room. So, Jake, what, in fact, is a squishmallow? Well, let me tell you. So, a squishmallow is the newest, hottest to trot thing that everybody's talking about. It's literally like, the beginning of this pandemic you walk into Kroger and it's like the shelves are empty empty people run in they do they like shovel these things in their carts and they run out the problem is is that now I'm starting to become one of these people uh my girlfriend I got her one a squishmallow for valentine's day and then the the obsession began with both of us. I say I'm getting them for her, but I'm really getting them for myself. I've joined a group me. I've joined a Facebook group. I've joined a Reddit group. I've joined a messenger group. I'm not, I found a Facebook community. I found a Twitter community. I found, uh, you know, an Instagram community. They're everywhere. These people, I don't understand. Where did this come from? It's like Beanie Babies. It's the new like, Webkins. The new Webkins. It's the new Beanie Babies. It's the new Skechers. It's the new, uh, the new uh crazy bands it's the new everything it's insane i cannot believe it but the thing about them and the thing that makes me angry is that these things are the most comfortable things ever and they're so comfortable i i suggest you go to your nearest store and you grab a squishmallow and you just hold it honestly you probably won't even see a squishmallow if you go to your store you they're so hard to find honestly uh the upsell on these is insane like this little one is part of the easter collection you can't see obviously for listening to it. it has bunny ears these bunny ears add like 
value to it. There's value in everything. There's value in keeping the little tags on it. There's value in the way if it's a smoke-free house. I don't smoke. I don't have an animal. This adds value to the Squishmallow. These things are so squishy and so comfortable, though. So I do get the obsession a little bit, but it's kind of like I collect comic books, right? That's my nerdy thing that I enjoy collecting. I don't actually read half the comic books I collect. It's kind of like the same thing with these Squishmallows. I don't lay on all of them at the same time. Some of them just look at me and their beady little eyes. They see inside my soul and they know that I'm just on my way to buy more Squishmallows. <laughs> it's an obsession. I can't get out of it. Here's in, in the general area, uh, there are Squishmallows. Where can you find them? You ask me, Jake. I'll say, where can't you find them is the correct answer. You can't find them at Kroger. You can't find them at Cracker Barrel. You can't find them at Party City. You can't find them at Target. You can't find them at Five Below. You can't find them. It's insane. Uh, there's a Squishmallow website where you're supposed to be able to find them. Where can you find them? On Facebook Marketplace for $100 more than it should be. You can find them on an app called Mercari for $500 more than it should be. Oh, this Squishmallow has a panda. It's a panda. This means you should pay $1,000 for it and wash my card, you little boy. You want this, don't you? Go do this thing now. Get the Squishmallow. So uh, these things are ruining my life, but I can't stop collecting them. I am obsessed with them. I, I love marshmallows. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sophie is also in some of these groups with me. I, yes, it's kind of true. fun where I look and I'm like, oh, I see Sophie is also <laughs> going down the same dark path that I'm going down. <laughs> now I have, any, I have yeah. eight myself. Yeah. How many do you have in your collection, Sophie? I have eight. Eight. Okay. Yes. Wow. See, now it's okay, a collection. But- it's I want to I want to yeah, fetch about this join. because yes. I have been looking for one of my own yeah. for like a, about two months, wow. and every time I go, I've been the, I told I was told the hookup is to go to Walgreens. Yeah, Walgreens. So I went to Walgreens, yeah. and I there was none there, of course. And I asked the person like, "Hey, like, do you have any more? Like, are you planning on getting any more shipments of Squishmallows?" And she was like, "Honestly, probably not. Like, <laughs> it, people people get so aggressive um, that." like it's it's not worth it and i was like what do you mean it's not worth it like there's nowhere else to get these like how how hard can it be um i do know the one place if someone's looking for it the the very biggest size that they sell they're selling at costco costco yeah costco yep they have like the star wars the 24 inch they're too those are too big for me i need one a little bit smaller so i'm actually going to a walgreens today to look for one which one are you on the hunt for any legitimately anything Okay. The Kroger on Lake Lansing Road. This is insider information. The Kroger on Lake Lansing had a bunch when I went yesterday. I don't know if they have any left, but uh, they're like the shelves were completely. Were they mostly Easter? Well, there were there were most there were a lot of Easter ones, but they had like some other ones. Like there was like a pig square and like I don't know. I was just like. (laughs) Well, so then, and this is part of the rant too. I was at Walgreens and I was there. So they had like a little section where they would normally have them. And then they had a big box in the middle and it was called like the stackables or something. Yeah. uh But but it wasn't wait. But so then I was like, okay, well maybe I'll just buy one. I'm not loving this, but like, I really want one. And, but they, and they're here. So I might as well get one. And then I looked and they're not Squishmallows. They're a fake knockoff brand called Moosh Moosh. And they, and I was like, I'm not getting a knockoff. Absolutely not. 
Moosh, yeah. moosh. You have to watch out for these knockoffs. I try to get you out. You know, my my way is that you have to look. Excuse me, I'm getting worked up. Uh, <laughs> uh, you have to look in. <laughs> you have to look at that. Some of them have like the beady black eyes, and some of them have like the big anime eyes that are like whoa so you have to know which one you want you have to know everything so uh these things are ruining my life uh and so but i have i'm enjoying the downward spiral that it's bringing me on uh yeah these things are adorable i love them uh so i'd say the moral of of the squishmallow rant is that you need to get one <laughs> no, I, I mean, agree. there's probably, there should be, I mean, I should give a word of advice. A word of advice is that if you want to actually find them, you have to call your local places in advance. You have to call your Walgreens. You have to know when their shippings are. I think some places get their things on Thursdays. Some places get them on Tuesdays. Some places get them on Saturdays. Some places every other week. Uh, you need to know when they, when they actually stock them. I happened to walk in while they were stocking at Walgreens and I got one. The guy handed it to me and I was like, oh my God. So <laughs> it was a wonderful, crazy experience. If you want it, you have to be proactive. That's that's my advice. You have to go out there. You have to join these groups. You have to talk to the people. So that way when they're like, go to the Kroger on Lake Lansing, you can drive over there at a moment's notice and get them. Uh, they're adorable. I highly recommend you, you check them out. Uh, it's the newest craze. So don't you want to be a part of it? Be a joiner. That's my moral of this story. Sometimes it's fun to join on crazes because that way you can like connect with people about it. Perfect. All right. So uh, that was my little take on Squishmallows. Now we're going to listen to our 22nd Torah. It's time for 22nd Torah. Hi, I'm Rabbi Jenna Stein Turow, and this is 22nd Torah. This week's Parsha is Ki Tisa, which reiterates for us why and how we should observe Shabbat. These days, it seems more important than ever to celebrate Shabbat. We rest from the work of the week, indulge in relaxation, and take time to reflect. Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel calls Shabbat a palace in space and time. How can you build your palace this week? All right, perfect. Thank you for our 22nd Torah portion of the week. Uh, so now we're going to move on to Nate's favorite portion of the podcast, which is the L'Chaim of the week. So uh, the L'Chaim of the week, if you are unfamiliar with it, is our part of the is the part of our podcast where we give a quick shout out, a quick uh, how do you do, a quick Heck yeah to something that we're looking forward to in this coming week. So uh, I'll go first. Uh, we are now in the month of March. Welcome to March. I uh, when is this one is going to be airing uh, March fifth. Uh, so yes, now we're in March. Uh, my look of the week is that I am in. As always, I'm looking forward to the weekend. Uh, the weekend is my favorite part of the week, and uh, I'll give a quick shout out to uh, myself for doing a great job as always. Uh, next week, I'm going to be uh, leading an improv festival, which is going to have different improv teams from across the great country of America. And they're all gonna be coming together to do some improv. And this is happening next week. So that's my time of the week that I'm looking forward to. Uh, Sophie, what about you? Um, so I know uh, Perm was last week, but I just made some hamantaschen yesterday oh, and I've never made hamantaschen before. So it was, it was fun. Some of them turned out well, some of them exploded, but you know, that happens, but you know what? I'm overall, I'm proud of myself. So what did you, what did you put in them? I put in chocolate, mm -hmm. cherry pie filling, and I did Ooh. three with fig spread in them. Which one was your favorite? 
Um, I have not tried the fig one yet, but I the cherries. Cherry is my favorite. I was gonna say I like the cherry, but I like the chocolate too with Nutella. Sometimes I put a little Nutella in that one. <laughs> and then Nate, what about you? So at the time of this podcast recording, or I'm sorry, yeah, at the time we're recording this podcast, um, I have been displaced from my house um, because I um, there was like a major pipe issue and a major plumbing issue. So they're tearing up my bathroom floor and they've basically, they, re- they pulled my oven out from where it normally sits. They moved my washer and dryer away. They've like completely changed my whole house um to fix this so when this episode airs my l'chaim of the week is that i'm back um and i'm saying that wishingly um so but i will be back we'll be back we're gonna manifest it there we go and and so that was our uh l'chaim of the week this week well Thank you for stopping by for this uh, this quick little interview. Uh, uh, now, before we go, uh, would you like to drop some of your social medias so people can find a way to connect with you and to connect with your brand even more than than a way in which we could before? Yeah. So I'm essentially Ariel Tidhar on everything on Instagram. A bit on TikTok these days. I'm, try- I'm trying to hang out <laughs> with the Gen Z kids on TikTok. It's hard. <laughs> um, and my website is just arieltidhar.com. I'm more on Facebook a little bit, but you know, most people are just on Instagram and TikTok these days. So yeah, you can follow me on all those places. And thanks for having me. Of course. Thank you for coming. Next time in, uh, next time in Ann Arbor. Wait, are you guys in our? It's in Lansing. Arbor? He's Lansing. Oh. Lansing. Okay, same for me. It's like same thing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Next God, year now that I just, in East Lansing, we'll spin now the that I just insulted everyone listening to this. No, no that's okay. That's okay. Uh, well, thank you for still coming by, even if you did uh, get the city wrong. That's okay. We still love you. Uh, <laughs> uh, thank you for coming by. We uh, remain the weekly fetch, and this has been our episode of the week. So, bye. Have a good night. And that's our show. Thanks for kvetching with us this week. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review and call a friend to tell them you love them. The Weekly Kvetch is hosted by me, Jake Rubin, and our executive producers are Sophie Dwaskin and Nate Strauss. This podcast is a production of MSU Hillel. Yalla bye, my friends. Theme music produced by Peter Cooley.